127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry, 127 at FBC Brian. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in a relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, I think we're on. Oh, oh gosh, sorry, guys. We're um, just munching back here. <laughs> we uh, we forgot that uh, this thing starts right now. We thought the intro music was longer. Oh, gosh. <laughs> sorry. Yo, yo, yo. It sounds so monotone without the music. Yo, 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 what did do podcast crew? Should just make everything super professional. Yo, yo, yo. What did do podcast crew? How are we doing today? What are we munching on today, <laughs> podcast crew? Yeah, what are, what are we eating today? What Bailey, do you think? Bailey's got... Popcorn. Corn of the pop. my soccer. <laughs> Thanks to Alan Honda. Alan Honda. Oh, you got that at the Alan Honda dealership. Mm-hmm. For free. Sponsored by Alan Honda. Oh, Built like for tough drive. F-150. <laughs> Super duty. <laughs> different brand. It's oh. okay. They're what all cars. You, what are you eating over there? I'm double dipping. <laughs> I got a sucker in my left hand. <laughs> and I'm eating the trail mix with my right hand. Mmm. Mmm, good. Uh-oh, the lid is off of the trail mix, so it says, no ums. Mm-hmm. He started writing on that, and I was a little <laughs> concerned for it, but, yeah, no ums. No filling gaps in the space, in the blank spaces. What were you eating, Zach? I'm eating the Pop-Tart. What uh, flavor? Hotford the Pop-Tart. Yeah, I've... Everything's wrong except s'more. Um, s'more is good, but I think there are some other right options. I like the ones that are unfrosted too. Unfrosted. Oh, that's wrong option. So like, yeah, obviously, that's, obviously, that's where it goes wrong. The, the raspberry ones are really good, really solid. Blueberry ones are really good. Strawberry are really good. He likes all the healthy ones. Mm-hmm. But like the pop tarts are not healthy. <laughs> well, the healthier options. But like the unfrosted strawberry, it's so good because it's especially when you warm it up. Okay. I've never toasted a Pop-Tart. Well, it's like, good with s'mores because it's like over a campfire. So you can toast them, but I've also just microwave, like putting them in the microwave for like 30 seconds. Nice and warm. Do we even have a toaster? We have a toaster. Oh, we do. Yeah. I didn't even know. <laughs> we don't have a lot of things on our house, such as a dishwasher. <laughs> we don't have a dishwasher. So if, if you're in the market of giving a dishwasher to somebody. For free. For free, um, just h- hook us up at Lazy Lane. Yeah. I almost dropped the like actual number address and then realized that probably wasn't a great idea. Yeah, we're about to get all the mail, all the PO box mail. I mean, the, to the forty people listening. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, dude. Well, by the end of, I mean, most of the people listening are in our ministry. Yeah, they, and so they those people definitely live. know where we live <laughs> um, because it gets blasted every Sunday night yeah. during just, a sermon. I just want to know, want you guys to know though, if you're thinking about pulling a prank on us, please don't. Put hot dogs on forks because we almost got evicted for that one. <laughs> yeah, there were uh, <laughs> dogs on forks. And then like that was on the, the butt end of the fork. And then they stuck the prong end into the ground. And it was like, I think it after it was, it rained. Like it yeah. was a little bit, what's the word? There was some precipitation over the night. Dewey. Yeah, Dewey. That's a good way to put it. Dewey decimals. Um, and so they stuck in there really well. We left them in there because we were like, at first we were like, oh gosh. But then we were like, this is some pretty cool decoration. 
Um, <laughs> and we soon found out that the city did not like our pretty decoration. <laughs> so the city of Brian was not a big fan of that, but you know, it's okay because that morning wasn't, um, as dry as, you know, some, some people walking through some spiritual things that are, they're just dry right now, man. Um, so spiritual drought <laughs> woo, or spiritual dryness or season of drought, whatever, mm. whatever kind of word you want to put there. And so with that, um, some people maybe are, have just always been on fire for the Lord for the last 18 years. And so they don't know what we're talking about. So the first question is what, what are we talking about? What is spiritual drought? Um, what are some symptoms? What are some, some things to watch out for? Just what is it? I mean, I would say drought. If you just think in, in general, drought is like a lack of rain or a lack of water, uh, which obviously causes you to thirst. Um, wow, that's good. I'm going to interrupt you so fast. First definition, a prolonged period of abnormally low rainfall leading to a shortage of water. The second one, Aramaic dialect, thirst. That's good. Continue. So, you know, you you have no water, which causes you to thirst. And so I think in a spiritual sense, it would be that maybe you haven't experienced the Lord in in a season you haven't felt his presence. You haven't felt his hand. Um, you haven't maybe felt loved by him or you haven't felt used by him in, in a way. And so because of that, you are thirsty for a, a fresh wind of the Lord. You're thirsty for a fresh rain. Um, you know, you, you need you need a drip or a drop of rain from the Lord. Oh, gosh. You <laughs> did have to do that on the podcast. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. There's a really cool song out there. Uh, is it Bethel? Yeah. Okay. Drip, drip, drop. <laughs> Sorry. That was uncomfortable. I was not expecting that. Bailey, what do you think spiritual drought is? Um, I just think it's like when we have a lack of desire to pursue the Lord. Mm. Yeah. For a part of our, yeah. uh, time. Yeah. That's good. Um, I know we'll probably jump into this and I didn't even really think about this when writing these questions, but there, there's a lot of connections to, to deserts and to dry lands and to, um, I think more so like physical appearances of, I'm not going to jump the gun. Bailey's excited about this. So, um, of just like the desert wandering Jesus in the wilderness. So, um, with that, um, I'm honestly just going to jump off script here for a little bit and we can just go to, to some examples of, um, the desert or drought within the scriptures. Um, and then we'll get into more application of, of why do these things happen to us spiritually, personally, but can y'all think of any examples? Well, I just use this as a prayer for when, um, go for it. Yeah. Okay. In Psalm 63, God, you are my God. I eagerly seek you. I thirst mm. for you. My body faints for you in a land that is dry, desolate and without water. Um, so, using this as a prayer, if we, if I am in a season of drought, asking the Lord for that eager longing in a land that's without water, that's dry, that's desolate, would we long for the living water? It's mm. good. Yeah. I mean, the, oh boy, microphone. What was um, that? <laughs> I'll fix it later. <laughs> okay. But Exodus chapter 16, the, um, nation of Israel is in the wilderness. Um, they have just crossed the Red Sea 
And so you see in verse uh, three, the people of Israel said to them, that's Moses and Aaron, would that we have died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And so the Israelites are hungry. They're in the wilderness. Um, that if you, if you were to read the rest of the Old Testament, they're in the, the wilderness for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And so in that 40 years, they're, um, they're not really experiencing that, that meat that they had in Egypt or the, the, the water they had in Egypt. And yet you see um, in that very next verse, the Lord says to Moses, Behold, I am about to, to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out, go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And so you see this, this um, situation in Exodus where they're having to wait on the Lord for his timing, because remember, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. They weren't mm-hmm. in their own land um, experiencing the um, fruit of their labor for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And so my first like thing just for you is um, really like think about you, even your seasons of drought and be grateful for the fact that you don't have to spend 40 years in mm-hmm. drought like Moses did. It's good. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think another example I think of easy connection, Jesus, 40 days, 40 nights um, in the deserts. Um, and I always think it's interesting because obviously fully man, fully God. And so I think at some point he wouldn't have to be hungry, but he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And even within that, I think just God the Father would have satif- satisfied his hunger. Um, but I think it's just interesting that he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Um, and so we can just with not inserting ourselves in the story, but just kind of thinking application wise, like, um, in a moment like that, we would be hungry. Um, in a moment of, um, fasting for that long in itself, we would be hungry. But, uh, the fact that it was in the desert uh, where there's no, there's no food, um, there's probably a lack of water or substance, um, anywhere around him. And we see, um, this probably getting too far ahead of myself, but, um, this idea that he uses scripture from the old Testament to bring about, um, a satisfaction for that hunger. Um, and the devil tries to tempt him, um, tries to manipulate scripture from the old Testament to make him fall into temptation. Um, but Jesus knows the old Testament so well. And so I think even just a quick point of like in these moments of drought, in these moments of spiritual dryness, knowing scripture well, um, and honestly, preaching it to yourself consistently is important um, because even Jesus did that. So, yeah, that was also the next place I was going to go. Um, you said it well. Also, um, oftentimes in times of drought, it led to famine because whenever there was no water to produce the crops um, and to grow them well, then there was a lack of food in return. Yeah, it's good. Sweet. Um, I just muted his mic if you're curious. <laughs> so we didn't hear him clinging around the mic trying to fix it. <laughs> I think I've got it fixed now. Cool. Uh, sweet. Um, so those are just some some biblical examples of, of wilderness. And we can probably tie them back in um, as we go through this. But um, now kind of uh, zooming back in, like why do you guys think that spiritual drought takes place in our own lives? I mean, we live in a fallen world. I mean, you look back at the story in Exodus, why did they experience wilderness? Um, because they were walking in the desert. I mean, the desert, the natural world is dry and there is no rain in there. 
And so that like, that's that. I mean, why do we experience maybe dry seasons in our faith and our life? Well, I mean, the world is hard. Mm. Like sin happens. Sin has, has destroyed the world in a lot of ways. And so naturally, like there are a lot of just bad things that happen. Uh, so I think that's one example. Uh, that's one maybe cause. But then also like you look at, um, once again, the the Israelites in the wilderness, they spent 40 years in the wilderness because of their sin, because they forgot God and they complained and they did all these things. They, they um, made an, an altar to, um, or they, they made a calf statue. I mean, mm-hmm. so I think a couple of reasons, once again, just why we experience the, the wilderness or the spiritual droughts are either because of the natural fallen order of this world that has resulted from sin or maybe because we have some sin issue that we need to work out with God first. It's mm, good. Yeah. Because when you look at Job and what all was like taken away from him and his friends keep saying what makes the most sense is because you aren't living a righteous life. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't necessarily true in his case. Um, it said that he was righteous. And so there are times that, um, we can go through like trials or through spiritual d- drought. Um, kind of like what Caleb said, just because we already are in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. And then times that due to our sin, we begin to quench out the spirit in our own lives and bring about a separation. Yeah, that's good. How do you guys think that? Um, Cause even, even people in spiritual drought may find themselves having the desire and want to get in God's word, but are just struggling um, wanting to get into the presence of the Lord through prayer, but just struggling. Um, and so with that, like how are our feelings and emotions kind of intertwined with, um, spiritual droughts, dryness? Um, because I, like, I think all of us have probably gone through a season of, of spiritual drought at some level. Um, and like deep down, I have the desire to get in God's word, but I'm just like, I'm not feeling it. Like, I, I think it's, we hear, that, we hear that a lot. Uh, like I'm not getting anything from it. So how are kind of feelings incorporated into our walk with the Lord? Yeah, I mean, I'm reminded of the the fruits of the Spirit and how the last one is self-control mm. um, because it's probably the hardest. And so they, there's that love, joy. You can't have joy and peace without love. You can't have self-control without all those things. But I say that because you look at, once again, the the people of Israel in the wilderness um, and I don't remember exactly which um, chapter. I think it's actually 16. Um, but God, when they were ill in the wilderness, he promised quail and manna. Mm-hmm. And so they they couldn't satisfy their thirst, their their thirst and their hunger for the manna and the, the rain from heaven unless they went out and actually collected it. Mm. Because you notice that um, God says that if they collect too much, then it's just going to go to waste. And so the only way to satisfy their thirst was actually to put the effort in mm. and to go out and collect. And it's the same way with our, with our spiritual seasons of drought. If, if um, your feelings are, are not really lining up and wanting you to, like maybe you want to go get in God's word and you want to pray, but then you, you don't feel like doing it, so you don't do it. Well, you have to remember that to to satisfy a thirst and a hunger, you have to put effort in. Mm. You have to be disciplined and self-controlled enough to do it anyway. And so for for my own life, when I've been in seasons of drought where I haven't maybe had a desire to get in God's word, I've had to tell myself, it doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't Mm. matter what I, maybe what I want. Because the Bible says that that getting in God's word is good. And so I'm going to be self-controlled. I'm going to have discipline 
and I'm going to put the effort in to go and collect the manna, to go and mm. reach out and collect the quail and to, to, to collect the rainwater from heaven because mm. I'm, I'm going to put the discipline in to know the Lord because th- my relationship with the Lord should never be based on feelings. Mm. Yeah, I think that emotions and feelings are a gift given to us that separates us from from other aspects of creation. Um, And so they're important and um, can be helpful. But in in feelings, when that we we know that not to be truth, it the Bible says to take our thoughts captive and so to know Mm. um, and then replace them with truth. And so in moments of not hungering for the word, um, knowing and recognizing that the truth is that it's a need. Mm. Um, and so I, the Bible reading plan I'm doing right now, um, when I missed a couple of days, it's like easy to let that pile and, and think that I need to go back and read like so much more three days later because I missed the two days. Um, and then it can add and, Mm -hmm. um, the whole point of this plan, a video was sent to me that was just like the reminder that it's just our everyday food. And so pick up with that day, whatever that day had, um, pick up the word and like eat and, Mm -hmm. um, let it fill you. And, um, if you didn't eat for two days on the third day, you, you would be hungry and you would want to eat. It wouldn't be like, let me just keep being hungry. Let me mm-hmm. just keep not eating food. Mm. Um, and two, you don't have to eat like on the third day, everything that you would have eaten. Um, it's probably unhealthy at that point yeah, to eat, <laughs> to eat the remaining two days that you lost. Yeah. Yeah. And so on the third day, just eat what is good for that day with what fills you for yeah. that day. And so not letting a spiritual drought, like, the feeling of not wanting to pick up the word add, um, but to know to just pick up the word for that day and let it sustain you for that yeah. day. Yeah, you made a really, that was all incredible. Um, I love the beginning of um, God has wired us in a way to experience things, feel things, think things. Um, and so these feelings are, they're real. I've always heard this said they're real, but they're not reliable. Um, and that's where taking your thought that's thoughts, um, and emotions captive, um, and submitting them to the Lord. Um, and I always just think it's interesting. Um, and I'm not going to just call other people out. Like there are moments in my life where I'm, I'm frustrated cause I'm not hearing from God yet. God's literal, literal word is right in front of me and I don't want to open it. Um, yeah. and even when I don't feel like he's communicating to me, if I know, um, that this is his literal word that he's uh, sustained th- through thousands and thousands of years and it's here right in front of me and I'm frustrated from not hearing it. Like there should be no excuse at that point to not open it. Even if I don't feel anything, even if it doesn't, um, like there's not a ton of application for my life that day. Um, knowing that this is God's literal word communicating, um, not, it's not a story about us, but it's to us. Um, and so I always think it's just important for me to remember, um, in those moments where, um, I am just like struggling to get in God's word um, of just like zooming out and remembering like, what is this book? Um, And not so much, it's not just a manual to your life, but it's pointing to the savior. It's pointing to the grace that's been given to you, the mercy that's been shown to you. Um, And I think just remembering that is, is important for me, but Caleb's flipping his Bible. So I'm going to (laughs) wait. Yeah. And I mean, my, my, like my thought went to just 
once again, when we have seasons of drought, it's often like, um, it often rears its head in doubt mm. and, and maybe quarreling. And so like, I'm just reminded of Exodus chapter 17 where, um, Verse 1, all the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages according to the commandment of the Lord and camped at Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. And so they, they don't have anything to drink. They're, they're in drought. Verse 2, therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of, up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Verse 4, So Moses cried to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go, behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah, which means testing and quarreling, because of the, peop- the quarreling of the people of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord among us or not? And so you see in that season of a drought for the, the nation of Israel, they doubted. God. They doubted that God would provide water for them. They doubted that God was among them. And so in your season of drought, even when your feelings are telling you that maybe God isn't with you or that that God isn't going to provide for you, remember what Zach just said. Remember that the history of the Bible is always a story of provision. I, I said it in Exodus chapter 17, but God provided water from the rock. Remember um, Genesis chapter I think it's 17 or 18 when um, God promises Abraham a son and Isaac. And Abraham Abraham has to wait like 23 years until mm-hmm. he gets Isaac as a son. I mean, we, we could remember story after story. Um, that there's five, like I think 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so first of all, notice that that sometimes you have to be patient in your season of drought. Mm-hmm. And yet God, he promises that he will always provide just as he provided for Abraham, just as he provided for um, Moses and, and the Israelites in the wilderness, God will provide for you in your season of drought. Mm. Wait on him. It's good. Yeah, I tried to look it up a minute ago. Couldn't, couldn't find the exact quote of it, but I know that there was like a missionary once who pretty much said there was only two times in their life that they really remember hearing from the Lord. Mm. Um, and I know I like cling to the moments I've heard from the Lord. And I feel like that's happened a number of times in my life already. Um, but this person was satisfied with the two times that they really felt, um, the Lord. Um, and that was enough to Mm -hmm. still allow them to know scripture, to praise him, to go and live a life on mission every single day in a country they weren't from and, um, to share the gospel and, so I think just remembering, like, mm-hmm. remember not being quick to forget, remembering the times that like you haven't been in a spiritual drought and the Lord's been very near and knowing that he hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. Um, and mm. so approaching his throne in the same ways. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, that's that's Deuteronomy um, all over it. I've just remember what the Lord has done. Um, 
And I think the moments that, especially for those, um, and this isn't to discount, um, I'll get to the other half of this, but for the first half, um, those people who, you know, lived a majority of their life or a portion of their life as an unbeliever and then have that moment of salvation and in the, in the love that you felt and experienced, um, in the ways in which, um, there was nothing in the world, like the, those moments that were like, there's nothing in the world that uh, will ever satisfy me, but the Lord God himself. Mm. Um, and when that transformation happens, like remembering, uh, those, those feelings that you're feeling, yes. Uh, but more so just the love that was shown to you. And then for those who have just like grown up in church, like that's a blessing from the Lord. Remember, mm. um, those moments of, of VBS where, um, the gospel start to make sense to you. Um, and those moments may be a little bit more, um, scattered because you were younger. Um, uh, but remembering those, those moments that the Lord has moved, um, and the Lord has, has made himself known to you, um, is really important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jeremiah two thirteen. for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters and hooed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns. They can hold no water. And so maybe also another reason for your spiritual drought is, are you really even seeking the Lord? Mm. Because like just like Zach just said, if if he is the only one that can satisfy, if if, if as Jeremiah 2.13 says that he is the fountain of living waters, then why do we so often find ourselves trying to uh, make broken cisterns that, that really can't hold any water? And so it, it, it teaches us in our seasons of drought um, to remember, as Bailey said, and as Zach said, to seek the Lord. Uh, she, she mentioned that Psalm 63 for it. It was, my God, my God, I thirst for you. And we're going we're gonna to seek for God in our seasons of drought. Because even though we may not feel the presence of the Lord, we know that, as James says, that when we seek his face, he will draw near to us. Yeah, that's good. Bailey's flipping it. I don't want to jump again. Um. You can go ahead. I have a point I think I'll make later. Cool. Um, sweet. That's all incredible. Um, and probably answered a lot of these questions, but I'm going to ask them, um, because you might be able to dive a little bit deeper. Um, I don't, I don't know if this is unrealistic. And so maybe you guys can uh, bring about some wisdom to this, but what are some ways to prevent spiritual dryness? Um, if you're in a season of even just like content where the Lord has you and, and with your walk with the Lord, or it's on fire, um, or do you guys think like these spiritual dry moments and low moments, do you guys think they're inevitable? Are there ways to prevent them? Um, yeah, I don't know if the question makes sense, but. I mean, I would say once again, they're inevitable seasons of dryness are inevitable because life is hard. Hmm. Um, and feelings change, you know, that that's just the way that it is. And so it, it really boils down to is your, is your faith going to be rooted in your feelings mm. or the scriptures and the faithful is, is faith going to be relying on feelings or faithfulness of God? Mm. And so like, I think if we were honest, we would know that like, once again, those seasons are, are inevitable because we're human beings. We're not perfect. And a lot of times we operate on feeling. Mm. And so I would say the wise thing to do is to train yourself to be self-controlled and to be disciplined enough to rewire your brain into being relying on, reliant on God's faithfulness and not your feelings, mm. faithfulness over feelings. And so I think if, 
if even in those seasons when life is hard, if you trust God's faithfulness, there won't be as much of a drought because you'll be connected to the water source, mm. be connected to the living the fountain of living waters, you'll be connected to the vine. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about some passages in John in a second of his living water, him being the living water. Um, but one thing that is kind of a practical, you might get to that later, but a practical thing is to remember who God is. Um, a mentor when I was in junior high encouraged me in the mornings when I like first wake up to um, set a timer for five minutes and get down on my hands and knees and not to say anything about myself to the Lord, but to just proclaim his names um, to him mm. and to just speak out loud um, who he is as as our good shepherd, as the Lamb of God, as the King of all kings, um, and just to, to for five minutes, reflect yeah. on who he is, um, because then that puts us in a more rightful place um, to, be, to be humbled and to know that, um, like I said a minute ago, he's still the same, even when we feel further away. Um, and just... I don't know if this exactly has to do with your question, but an experience that I've had um, just very tangibly before in my life was I was on a student choir tour trip in, I think probably was about halfway through high school. We went up to Ohio and we were at Cedar Point, Cedar Point Amusement Park. Yeah. Um, And (laughs) we do concerts like everywhere we go. And so we've sang like at the Grand Canyon and, and cathedrals. Who are you singing to in the Grand Canyon? Um, <laughs> the like crevices. No really. <laughs> yeah. Even the rock. <laughs> Continue. Um, they would like record it on an iPad and put it on Facebook. Mm. <laughs> but um, we were singing at the amusement park. So the first half of the morning was to like do a concert for whoever kind of was walking by could listen. And then the second half, we just got to play and hang out at the park. But um, in that morning, it was really hot that day in Ohio and we were all very thirsty and had not, I guess, had water and we were up there singing and it was just going terribly. Like no one was wanting to stop by and listen. Everyone could tell we were off. Like as we were trying to sing, no one had energy to like actually praise the Lord while we were singing. So it was just like Mm. empty words. Um, And eventually one of our sponsors on the trip went and got us all like for each person, a cold water bottle, bought it, gave it to each of us, like passed them out while we were up there singing. And like, as we all took our sips of water, like everything changed. Mm -hmm. And, um, as I like felt so refreshed by cold water, I, Mm -hmm. it seriously, I couldn't help but think of Psalm 42, as a deer longs for flowing streams, so I long for you, God. Mm. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and appear before God? Um, That like came to life for me because I finally felt what it was like to be very parched and then to like taste the water. And then seriously, we got to so many people stopped and started listening to us sing um, and stayed. And we got to come down after the concert and share the gospel, pray over people, all the things that we hope and want. Um, and it really changed whenever we like Mm. drink the water. Mm. And so Mm. just being reminded in that moment of what it is like to, um, thirst for the Lord and then to be satisfied in Mm. him being the living water came to life. Mm. That's good. 
I'm going to, I'm going to use this example as a devil's advocate question. Um, that's a great example. I love it. Um, this is just for, um, maybe someone who chases after the camp high or just like those big moments with the Lord. Um, wouldn't it be, if I want to experience the Lord deeper in, in more, um, extravagant ways, wouldn't I make myself thirst so I can then taste at one moment, um, the fulfillment of God's living water compared to if you were to continue to drink the water over the course of the day, it's just kind of like, meh, it's kind of, um, you get used to it. You almost, I don't want to say get numb to it. Um, and this is again, just a devil, devil's advocate question, but, um, for those people that like, wouldn't that be better? Like chasing the camp high, um, those moments I just feel overwhelmed with the Lord's goodness, but I, I probably wouldn't feel that if I was in God's word for two months before that consistently. See, you use the same word over and over again in that, in that sentence or the, that question you said, feel. And we, we just talked about how, once again, we don't need to operate on feelings, but on God's faithfulness. And so mm-hmm. I think even in that, the, the person who's um, chasing that camp high, they are um, quick to have an experience with God, maybe when the lights are on and when the, um, the bases bumping when the bases bumping and when the when the tears are coming out like th- know that like once again that that's a feeling and feelings change mm. and like remember that that verse I said in Jeremiah two thirteen the beginning right before he talks about fountain of living waters and and the cisterns that are holding no water he says my people have committed two evils they've forsaken me and so really notice that when you are like leaving the water, when you're leaving the living water, when you're um, maybe trying to make yourself thirst, you're forsaking God. Uh, And so really it just boils down to you. Why do you think that it's better to forsake God just so that you can come back to him again? Mm. What not it so much better just to be in him forever in him all the time? Why would you choose to forsake him when he's the fountain of living water? Mm. It's good. That's what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I think at that point you're, you're like you said, you're just chasing a feeling, um, and not a relationship. Um, because I think if you're longing for a relationship, you don't, you know, talk to them once a year at camp. Um, you talk to them day in, day out. Um, and I think, um, at the end of the day, after, after three days of a camp high, it's gone and you hunger and you thirst for the same thing for about a year, um, compared to being fulfilled, um, being content, um, being full of the living water throughout the entire course of the year, um, which, um, I would say is, is more favorable. And we see this all throughout scripture. There's, uh, you want to be a tree planted by the water, not planted, uprooted, planted, uprooted, planted, uprooted, um, but planted by the water. Um, you want to be, um, connected with the vine. Um, you don't want to, um, be one foot in and one foot out, just being able to get out there. There's no example in scripture that's beneficial for you to just be in for a little bit of time and then jump out for the benefit of then jumping back in. Um, there's no example of that, um, throughout all of scripture. So yeah, Proverbs 27, seven, one who is full loathes honey from the comb, but to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. Um, and so like in a simple way, like stay hungry and ask the Lord to keep you hungry because then, um, you, it, things continue to be sweet mm. and you continue to want to run to the word. And yeah. Yeah. Did, 
Did you have something else to say? I don't want to cut you off. Yeah, I'm just reminded of Hosea. Um, oh. You remember the story of Hosea, and, and God tells Hosea to go and marry a prostitute, Gomer. And yeah, we see even after Hosea marries her, Gomer runs away. I think it's three times. I'm not exactly sure the number, but she runs away. And so it's this idea that that you have maybe had this encounter with God, and yet you've you've forsaken Him. You've ran away. And so Zach asked that question of, isn't it just better to, to, to leave him for a second so that when you come back, you have this great spiritual experience? Well, well, let's connect that to, to Hosea and Gomer. I'm sure when, when Gomer came back to Hosea and they uh, reconvened their, their marriage, so let's just say that, I'm sure that maybe the experiences were great, but their relationship was whack mm-hmm. because as soon as they, they turn around and have this experience, she turns around and forsakes him again. Mm. And so you'd say like, weren't those um, encounters and experiences, weren't they like satisfying? Maybe, but, but for a moment, Mm -hmm. you know, what's better than satisfaction for a moment, satisfaction forever, satisfaction for a a long period of time. And so that, that's really this image there of why would you forsake the fountain of living waters when you can just be connected to him Mm -hmm. and be satisfied forever? That's good. There's no reason to run away. Yeah. Sweet. I'm going to ask this, uh, this last question. Um, and it's for encouragement for um, anyone who finds himself in a dry season, um, or anything of that nature. And it's simply, why would God give us these seasons of, of drought? Um, what's, what's the purpose? Cause I mean, I read that, that God never wastes a season, he never wastes a moment in your life. And so, um, why and how might God use these seasons of drought? I think as a reminder of like desperation to have a desperate, um, longing and need for him. Um, because when we face a season where we're really having to like recognize our dependence on him, um, then even in spiritual highs or moments, we can remind ourselves of the heart posture to, Mm. to be desperate every day, the way that we were in a season of drought. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean, to test us that James talks about that. And so know that, like, I think it's James 1, 2, but um, the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be, I think, perfect and complete is the the text there. But so know that, um, like Bailey said, the seasons of drought and trial and testing um, and even seasons of doubt are meant to refine us, uh, to make us trust God more um, because it, like it's so evident, but if, if we had life all figured out, if life was perfect and it was never any difficulty, never any seasons of drought, then we would never trust God. Yeah. And so I think that's just a, an easy thing. If we have seasons of drought sometimes just so that God would test us and, and grow our faith. Hmm. Yeah. I'd say too, we, we talked about those moments that we look back on. Um, and I think a lot of the times those seasons are when we come from drought um, and experience the Lord's goodness and kindness in a new and refreshed way. Um, and so see those as moments for God to uh, make himself known and make himself um, show his holiness and his His great magnitude of, of love for us. So I think that's all we got. Spiritual dry. Keep drinking that living water. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Not yeah. the Diet Coke. Well, that is not living water. Praise the Lord for that. Cause it's not an endless supply of it. Maybe in heaven, though. Sorry, I went there.